If you're interested in sponsoring How You Play the Game, please email us at podcast at osipfoundation.org. Your sponsorship may be tax deductible. Please remember, these episodes are considered for mature audiences only. There is some language and some mature discussion. I just finished the script for Home Alone 7, Defend the Indefendable, tagline, this time it's personal. Now, wait a minute. All right, I'm waiting. Did you make that up or is that from something? No, I made that up just now or within the last hour. That's pretty good. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That is really good. I mean, I, listen, it's better than I thought it was going to be. With 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 how the internet works, it would not surprise me if we did a, a Google search mm-hmm. and we found it somewhere. Who does uh, Home Alone Seven star? I mean, is it everyone just older? I think I think Macaulay Culkin at this point has joined Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern to make a trio of criminals. Oh, so he's gone over to the dark he's side. He's gone to the dark side, and the person defending the house is now Danny DeVito. That makes sense. Okay. I'd see that. Catherine O'Hara is still the mom. Okay. Um, the dad is dead. Uh, John Hurd, he right. passed away. Right. So he will be recast by a CGI version of uh, Carrie Fisher. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and Danny DeVito is plays O'Hara's son, Kevin McAllister. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, that's perfect. Yes. So I don't, I don't see how this could be wrong. Or no, bad I think way, this can form. only be a good thing. If people are going to see the rise of Skywalker, they're going to love this picture. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely great. So. Especially with all that's come out about the rise of Skywalker and the and the giant massive trouble that it was and and the, Have, the all of the the, no. the Colin Trevorrow version that yeah yeah, yeah the, the, the Duel of the Fates and right what, yeah that's and then what I love about that is the fact that all this stuff is being explained via comicbook.com right and all these stories I'm like it should have been explained in the film right. I love how like all these things are being explained in articles released by different people involved directly or indirectly with the film. It's merchandising. Afterwards. It's all merchandising. It's where it's where the real money from the movie is made. Right. Spaceballs the T-shirt. Spaceballs right. the coloring book. Spaceballs the breakfast cereal. Spaceballs the flamethrower. Flame yeah. Okay. Yeah, kids love that one. By the oh, way, yeah. the, the flamethrower. Uh huh. So limited, limited edition. Limited. If you can get it gold plated, you've then remember, you have it. Then you have a gold plated flamethrower. Remember thrower. the gold plated, uh, the gold plated golden eye. Yes, for N sixty four. Yes, I do. Did you ever get the gold plated N sixty four controller? Yes, I have that one as well. Um, I think I let I stupidly let one of my friends borrow it in middle school. Never gave it back. Wow. You are one pathetic loser. I am... In the words of Dumb and Dumber. I was not the smartest boy. And that has changed how... I'm sorry. That's bad sportsmanship. (laughs) Yes, it is. And speaking of sportsmanship, hey, it's how you play the game. That's what we're doing. Sorry. Sorry. Did I just overblow us? Yeah. Okay, good. You overblew everything. Okay. The official podcast of the Osa Foundation Incorporated... 
Uh, yours truly, Jack Furlong, with you as we're talking to you about what's going on as far as the world of sportsmanship is concerned. <laughs> this is the first episode of the month of February. The year is 2020. Glad you can be with us across the way. Mr. Sean Ryan, our producer engineer. Hello, Sean. Hey, Jack. We have a bunch of ways you can get in touch with us. As always, the website List is- those ways, please. I was gonna. But so many ways. Okay. The website. Carrier Pigeon. Yeah. Okay. I see. So we have Carrier Pigeon. We mm-hmm. have Smoke Signals. Okay. Um, Morse Code. Morse Code. Um, telepathy. Okay. That's a good one. Uh, snail Mail. Yeah. Literal snails. Yeah. Like you can't, you actually use the United States Postal Service. Uh, right. That'll take too long. Right. You have to actually go buy a snail. Mm-hmm. and put the letter on the snail. Right. Hermit crabs also can work for this. Okay. Okay, if you can't find a snail. Okay. Um, I think if you're along the coasts, hermit crabs can be a little bit more... Abundant? Abu- yes. Yeah. You go to your you go to any local uh, hermit crab uh, emporium <laughs> at, at, the, at the shore, and, and you can purchase <laughs> a hermit crab... For the low, low price of only five payments of forty nine ninety five plus shipping, but that includes their little carrier bag, right? The that additional includes, shells, right? You know, and you know all the supplements the, the, they're going to need. The Tamagotchi to thing the, that you can to, you can take right. care of as well when you get sick of the living, breathing thing that is the hermit crab, right? Um, and it also includes the note that you can give your parents to mm-hmm. tell them that it's their responsibility to take care of the crab then right, as well. Right. So um, that's a great deal. I'll take four. Yeah. So those are the ways to get in touch with the show. Okay. Okay. But what about the more modern ways? Oh, if you're looking for more modern ways to get in touch with the show because you're one of those people, the website, yes, osipfoundation.org, right, uh, where you can submit your stories of sportsmanship for us to discuss. Uh, podcast at osipfoundation.org is the email address. And on social media, facebook.com slash osipfoundation and Twitter and Instagram are at osipfoundation with the hashtag how you play the game. Wow. Did, did I list them all? I think so. I think those are I think those are much better ways. Okay. Yeah. I'm listen, I'm not here to argue. Right. Other you know, I mean, I'm just here to discuss things. Yeah. Yeah. Like Home Alone. Yeah. And the rise of Skywalker. Yeah. And Danny DeVito. Right. Who was in both. Blinken, you'll miss him. Are you serious? No. Okay. No, I'm never serious. Okay. Nothing I ever do is serious. Sh- but don't call me Shirley. Right. <laughs> Shirley, you can't be serious. Yes, I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. A hospital is a big building with patients in it. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so we, we, we want to today, that was a long way to get there, to, to talk about the, the news of the cheating scandal in Major League Baseball. Um, as, a, as a disclaimer, as we are recording this, it is still mid-January. And this episode is obviously the first episode of the month of February. Okay, so when you hear this, a lot of stuff could have changed. Okay, so you have to take that into account when you are listening to this. Right. Um, <clears throat> I, I think it's best that we... Well, I think new stuff is coming to light Every day, every single about day, this, every right? single day, and we're not going to alter the way that we do things to to fit the news cycle here. Mm-hmm. I think it's more important to talk about. You mean we're not going to have a twenty four hour podcast? No, no, because we have things to do. Oh, yeah. Like I don't know, eat, sleep, breathe, see loved ones, watch TV, use Morse code, 
use snail mail. Okay. Get actual hermit crabs. Right. Okay. From the hermit crab emporium. emporium. Okay. <laughs> um. So we'd like to talk about it today, I think, from a general overview rather than dissect things uh, a little too specifically in some cases, just in the event that news breaks before this episode airs. Right. You know, we want to, we want to not sound like the idiots that we already we know ourselves We want to future-proof ourselves. Right, exactly, exactly. So if you're not aware, what has basically happened to this point is uh, Major League Baseball pitcher and former Astros pitcher, I think currently with the Oakland A's, Mike Fiers, uh, went public with an article through uh, Ken Rosenthal and Evan Drellick of The Athletic that stated that the Houston Astros were cheaters. Um, while he was on the... the yeah, well, he, he knew about it while he was a member of the Astros. Okay. Okay. He then went to the A's, and after a season with the A's, he then released this information. So we don't know okay. precisely... Okay, so he was sort of removed from it at right. that point. We don't, we don't know the impetus per se. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we can dissect that as as much as we want because a lot of the philosophical arguments have come out regarding, well, are all teams doing this and just the Astros got caught? Um, is is, right. is you know the more we peel back, are we going to see more and more teams were doing something like this? What right. you know, what is what is the situation regarding that? Um, and the and the answer basically is we don't know. We don't know. We we can't. It's not fair to assume one way or the other whether or not teams were cheating uh, outside of what we can basically prove. Okay. Okay. Uh, and we don't. Gotcha. We also don't know why Mike Fires came to the forefront about this. What what I think we can say is we can praise Mike Fires for bringing it to light for whatever reason because this is well. I don't. You know, not to <clears throat> not to make too much conjecture about this but i think if he hadn't done it someone would have eventually at some point, yeah at some you know because as we what we also learned through this was that baseball suspected something like this mm-hmm. okay many teams suspected stuff like this specifically you mean with the, the mlb Astros. as a MLB as an entity, as as entity kind of suspected this okay but did not have you know when you when you do an investigation a general investigation, even as a police officer, okay, or as a lawyer, or whatever the case may be, you you can't really go public with stuff until you are absolutely certain that there is clear and convincing evidence that a situation has 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 transpired that requires immediate attention. Right. It's kind of like the same thing as if you watch any Law and Order show mm-hmm. you can't just arrest a guy because someone claims he committed a crime right you need to have enough proof to basically convince uh you know a, a, a district attorney or a judge to say we need to issue an, an arrest warrant right but at the same time i mean if you look at i mean what what mike fires is saying about the whole scandal it in it and how the potential I mean, the potential for multiple teams to be involved, which they are. Right. The whole thing is, I mean, was just sort of bubbling under the surface yes. as this giant clandestine sort of like operation. Right. Where, I mean, it. if the MLB at one point 
suspected that something this big was happening, you think that at least someone should have started asking questions or... I think what happened was, as this stuff was occurring, you know, MLB obviously... Perhaps MLB was already looking into it and just didn't make it known Wanted publicly. Wanted to be, keep it quiet. Which is fine, too. You know, yeah. we, ha- we have to understand that. I think a lot of people are, are demanding a pound of flesh here. Uh, in something of an unreasonable way, where they don't seem to understand that it is it is certainly possible that baseball was aware of this prior and was trying to do its due diligence without causing massive panic, because there is a public relations aspect to this. Right. Okay, <clears throat> we have come to find out through certain channels as as the public that the evidence of that is that baseball would send. Uh, you know, confidential warnings, so to speak, to various teams to say, like, listen, this is what has been reported to us. We don't have any evidence of it yet, but in the interest of transparency, as you go into Houston to play, be aware that this is what was was made known to us, that there is some sort of there. There is an accusation of trash can banging that may involve sign stealing. Okay, and and MLB, I think, is stuck between a rock and a hard place there because of the nature of trying to keep the sport fair and transparent while also not causing an eruption before the need for one. Right. Or tarnishing the reputation. I think MLB understood that these were serious accusations and they needed to keep everything under wraps as long as they could while they investigated. Because I think when you hear the idea of they wanted to keep it under wraps, you start thinking that there's a cover up. You start thinking that they're in on it. You start thinking that that they're not going to do anything about it. It's not fair. And the fact of the matter is that we simply don't know if that was the case. And the way I'm looking at it is that they they knew something was up. And that they needed to investigate. And they right. and to whatever degree that they were, they were doing that. So do you think then Mike Fires sort of <laughs> lit the fire? I see what you did there. Uh, and I want you to go outside for thinking about saying that. But come on. Oh, you don't have to go outside. It's I mean, cool that today. was that was a good one. That though, was right? wasn't as good as Home Alone Seven, but Okay. Uh, <laughs> if all we're right. Slice the bologna fine. real thin. You're right. All right. Okay, fine. <laughs> but <laughs> you like that? All right. <laughs> Um, when, when fires went public with this and the article was published in the athletic by reputable sources, Ken Rosenthal and Evan Drellick, um, that's when MLB knew that they had to make a public statement. That's when things went too far. And, and again, too far kind of seems like it's like, like it has a bad connotation. Right. To it. That's what, what, that was the impetus for them to make a public statement about it. But then was... But I mean, was was Mike Fires sort of was he dragged over the hot coals for doing that by MLB or no? Was, I think MLB looked at this. I mean, did Mike Fires know that MLB was looking into it? That now that's a good question because that maybe he. I'm not again. We don't. Know, I don't want to. Con- right. I don't want to. I'm just hypothesizing. We don't. This is not our views right. or anything on we this. We don't. We don't know. If, but maybe he thought he, they were dragging their feet or right. something. Or maybe, maybe uh, you know, he was granted, some, you know, maybe they were doing interviews about it and he was granted <laughs> immunity right. and said, now that I can't be touched, I can tell, talk about it. Who knows? I, okay. you know, there's, there's, a, there's a plethora 
of things that could have happened. I mean, his job is safe, right? Right. And and that's a, that's we'll get to that a little bit later when we talk about the players union and their involvement with this. Um but for whatever reason, it transpired the way that it did. Maybe MLB was not interviewing personnel at that time, and and because all of this transpired in the public eye, now they said now we now we we can go forward with this. Okay. Maybe MLB said if we want to find the smoking gun here, we need to find someone who's not on the Astros now, but who is playing, so that we can say to them, we'll grant you immunity if you put your name to this. And mm-hmm. uh, you can't be punished then, you know, and we'll and we'll try and 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 you know and and help you out then That's if you if you help us out, yeah, okay, um, because the number of people who were not on that Astros team who are no longer with the Astros or in the Astros organization is a small number. A it, lot of them changed over, yeah, since then, yeah, but you know, but for example, didn't they just? change their manager well that's all part of this so we'll okay. we'll talk about that sorry sorry don't get, ahead. don't get ahead of me i know gotta get in the game here come on <laughs> no pun intended um yeah 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 fires lit the fire so we don't again we don't know a lot of that what i will say though is this what has transpired this happened yesterday okay we know jessica mendoza not personally we know of her of course the the um the analyst on ESPN Sunday Night Baseball who sits alongside Matt Vaskirgin and Alex Rodriguez. Of course. She is the former softball player who is now a baseball analyst. She also works as uh, a special advisor to the New York Mets. So she is she's in the game. Mm. She said publicly on radio, basically to, to, the, to the, the degree of saying, Shame on Mike Fires for being a tattletale. She then came out, and I'm paraphrasing basically here because I think that what she basically tried this to say- This was yesterday? This was yesterday. She basically tried to say that, um, you know, it, 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 there, there are better ways to, to bring this to the attention of the- of, of Major League Baseball. You, you kind of disrupted the chemistry and the fabric of the clubhouse- you know, and isn't this the best time to do it though? Because it's in the off season. Well, not only that, but what men, I think the tone that was interpreted by what she said was that fires is a tattletale and that maybe he shouldn't have gone public. And she tried to backtrack on that. And she tried to, you know, basically clarify her comments later. And I don't, in, in my personal belief, it's tough for me to give her the benefit of the doubt because I already don't see her as someone of credibility or substance that I would trust. And the reason I say that, and I've said this before on, on the record, it has nothing to do with her gender, okay? Your gender does not define whether or not you have the ability to do a job, Okay, what defines it is whether or not you have the ability to do that job. Right. Okay. <clears throat> Jessica Mendoza does not, in my opinion, come off as a qualified analyst to be on Sunday Night Baseball. And it's not because she played softball, it's because when she opens her mouth, I don't think she knows what she's talking about. 
she was the perfect pair for Aaron Boone when they were in that in that booth because both of them are as dumb as a rock. Okay, we've talked about Aaron Boone scoring very low on that rules test mm-hmm. on this podcast before, mm-hmm. and the same thing here is that. No disrespect to Jennifer Mendoza, Jessica Mendoza, I'm sorry, as a person. I just don't feel she's qualified to do that job because I have not, when when I listen to her commentate, I feel like she doesn't know what she's talking about. Comment? Yes. When she, when I hear, when I hear her do her job on ESPN, (laughs) I, I, I find myself personally disagreeing with the substance of what she says. Mm -hmm. Thus, my opinion of her professionally is not very high. And when she says something like this, that to me says, if it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, 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 I, I don't feel like you have the, 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 the qualifications to, to say something like this. I don't think even someone who is good at their job who says something like that should be saying something like that. Agreed. Agreed. Because... If you look at the nature of the situation, I think in in my view... Okay, Tim McCarver. Uh, I think that Mike Fires brought to light something that needed to be in the forefront and needed to be discussed and sort of is kind of brought upon... Uh, <clears throat> you know, a, a, a direction that the baseball should be moving in where, you know, that you play the game fairly and everything's on the table. Right. You know, no, no none of this backroom. Electronic steel, so- steel signing. Wow. Sign stealing. Yeah. You know, I just, I mean, that's that, that. That hurts the integrity of the game. Right. And it hurts, ultimately, it hurts the players. It hurts the fans. And and what about the kids who watch? Right. You're setting a terrible example. I mean, you're telling, you're, you have professionals and in throughout the different ranks of each organization. Right. Corroborating in this, this trickery trickery i see what you did there let me ask you a question Uh uh-huh let's say it wasn't jessica mendoza who said what she said okay okay let's say it was Derek jeter who came out and said you know in whatever in whatever in the same way that she said basically saying that you know you disrupt the chemistry of the clubhouse when you do that do we view it any differently because someone of a different character like Jeter said it as opposed to Jessica Mendoza. First of all, I don't think he would ever, ever I don't think he would ever say anything. I agree. Like that. I completely agree. I'm trying but, to but, I just tried but to pick someone if at random. He said something yeah. like that. I don't think my opinion would change. Okay. Um because as a player of honorable reputation, um it wouldn't make sense. One, two, uh, you're not setting a good example because no matter who says it, right. And the point is that, you know, if you see, 
if let's say if this was if this if you if you dumbed everything down, not to say dumbed everything down, but right. if you brought if you sifted through the ranks and let's say this sort of thing happened in your local li- little league, okay. right? And you had all these kids and of these two teams and the adults or were or maybe some of the parents of the kids who were playing were in on it. And one of the kids felt really guilty about it, but didn't know what to do. Um, it would take a tremendous amount of courage for that kid to come forward and to say, Hey, look, I think this is what's going on. I know what this, this is what's going on and it needs to change. It would be like another kid on an opposing team saying, oh, he's, he's, he's telling. Yeah. You know, it's like the maturity level is the same, unfortunately, right. when it comes to that. But the situation, I think it would make anyone feel uncomfortable. I think it would make anyone feel embarrassed, but it takes the same amount of courage just as Mike Fires had to come forward as much as it would be for a little kid to come forward. And I think that that needs to be respected. So, you know, yeah. So, so in the case of Mendoza, then it's more along the lines of her reputation acting more as a catalyst to this rather than the substance of what she said, because it doesn't matter who would have said it. If it was Derek Jeter in this example, it's we still wrong. We, exactly. So, so I mean, and you know, this all goes back to not to interrupt. No, go ahead. But this all goes back to sportsmanship in the media, right? right? Because you as a media organization or an entity or a representative of the media have a due diligence to report on what's going on in the game with out with as little bias as possible, if not any of, you know, if you can help it, um, but you're injecting by, 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 by Jessica Mendoza saying, Oh, he's a tattletale. You are injecting your own opinion indirectly right. into what's going on. You are saying that either maybe she does again. I don't know what she's thinking, um, I can't get inside her head. If but you had a drill, you might be able to. Maybe. Yeah. But um, maybe a snail. Yes. Or a really slowly hermit crab. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> From our local emporium. <laughs> but I think the 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 thing that we have to take from this is that if you say something like that, you're indirectly injecting your opinion into what happened. Maybe, and you said she tried to backtrack, right? Right. So maybe, maybe she didn't realize what she was saying, or maybe she was just in a moment and she wasn't thinking at the time and just said, he's a tattletale and then realized, oh wait, maybe that makes me look like I think what they did was okay. Right. Maybe, maybe she doesn't really believe that it's okay. Maybe she was just trying to hype everyone up. Maybe she was just trying to light the fire. Again, I, I'm going to say this a lot, uh, and I'm going to go with the hermit crab emporium. Right. So, but I think maybe, but 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 I feel like this sensationalist view on these stories 
is sort of, you know, it's the media's job to report this as Walter Cronkite-ish as possible, you know, rather than, rather than going off the rails and shouting all these different escalating words, maybe they really didn't believe that it was, that what they did was right. But in order to get the views, in order for people to listen, she would say something like that. It's very possible that she was asked to provide like an op-ed type of of commentary right. in, the, in this. She didn't, you know, she she was asked to be on the show to right. provide this. So perhaps it comes down to the idea, as we've said many times before, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Right. So if the point she was trying to make was to say something along the lines of what what I'm curious to know is did Mike Fires have other ways of bringing this to attention, to the attention of Major League Baseball? Could was there were there alternate methods that Mike Fires could have used <clears throat> to get this investigation going, or were his hands proverbially tied, and he had to go public the way that he did in order mm-hmm. to to finally get the ball rolling, rather than saying in so many words. Mike Fires disrupted the chemistry of, of Major League Baseball by right. doing this. You know, you can. He probably, maybe he did this as a last resort. He could have. He, who knows? We don't know right. why Fires did this. Mm-hmm. All we know is what he reported and the fact that the investigation turned out to be correct. Okay. Yeah. The, the purpose here, I think, is like you said, with sportsmanship in the media, whereas the media has the job of properly reporting the facts without interjecting themselves into it unless it's op-ed mm-hmm. when you were providing op-ed or commentary especially color commentary in sports okay the 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 objective there is to pose your thoughts in ways that do not necessarily call for a flash mob to to come at you Right. Okay. And if you propose a thought on something, you better back it up. Right. With reasons and research. Right. Otherwise, you're just cause you know. cause the public to think rather than telling them what to think. Right. Okay. I like that. You like that? Yeah. And that's I like that. and I'll tell you something. As I'm going through that, you know, we've talked a lot before about Paul O'Neill as a commentator on the Yes Network, and we've talked about how when, you know, something goes down with an umpire, Paul, if he's on the call, will be the first one to defend the players and basically say the umpires are doing a bad job and this, that, the other, blah, 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 blah. Paul O'Neill could very easily provide the same opinion if he chose his words differently. I mean, just the fact that he was a player. Right. I mean... And maybe we could listen to his side of the story because he was, he lived it. Right. You know, but, um, he but gets, as a media member, not to interrupt, mm-hmm. it's his job then now to say, as a player, this is what I felt. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm a member of the media, it's necessary for me to, if I want to properly comment on this, to tell you what's going on from the position of the umpire as well, or someone else, or the public opinion, whatever. You know who I really like? Who? Who is a player who is a great color commentator? Ken Singleton. Ken Singleton is one of the best because he he does just that. You know, if he's going to say something along those lines, he he's, he's going to preface it by saying, you know, from the from the standpoint of the player, this is what's happening right now, or this is mm-hmm. what I feel has happened, or what I would believe to be happening based upon my experiences right. as a player. And when you quantify something that way, you release yourself from liability, so to speak, 
right. of being misinterpreted. Right. Because you're 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 providing necess- a necessary opinion or editorial or color commentary as if to try and relay information from past experiences rather than to cast judgment and to say along the lines, this guy's terrible, he shouldn't even be in the game, right. so on and so forth. Right. David Cohn's another great example yeah. of that, you know? Ron Darling on the Mets broadcast mm-hmm. is, a, is a good example of that. Keith Hernandez is despised by Kramer and Newman. That's different, <laughs> you know? Um but it is possible to do both. Right. It's possible to be to act as sort of a representative of a player, <clears throat> of being a player, but it's also possible to be a quality member of the media right. and report the story. Right. Absolutely. So so Fires gives this info to the Athletic. MLB launches their investigation publicly. Okay? They go through everything. They determine that the Astros did, in fact, cheat. They... Did they say how long was it? If, if memory serves me correctly from the report, what to, to try and give you the proper timeline... It was timeline, definitely last season. Well, here, here's the right? timeline. Here's the timeline, as best as I, can, as I can summarize it, okay? In 2017, there was an incident... With the Red Sox and Yankees, the Apple Watch incident, where basically what was happening was the Yankees made it known to the Red Sox, or made it known to MLB, that the Red Sox were using an Apple Watch to steal signs in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Basically, what was happening was uh, in the video replay room, they were relaying inf- information to coaches on the bench through an Apple Watch. The Apple Watch was on the bench with the coach. The coach then relayed information to the players out on the field. Okay. Uh, the Red Sox, in turn, launched a counter suit, basically, against the Yankees through MLB, saying that they were using cameras to decode signs as well. The Major League Baseball did a quick investigation and realized that the Red Sox were at fault. The Yankees used the replay room, or called the replay room from the dugout a number of times to try and figure out if like pitches were right properly called by officials and whatnot, which I think happens a lot more than we, we realize. And MLB has come out a number of times and said, don't do that. You don't, don't, do not use your replay room to figure out if, a, if the pitches were properly called. Right. Okay. You can study that after the game. During the game, you don't do that. So the Yankees were slapped with a fine. The Red Sox were slapped with a fine. Okay. I think the Red Sox fine was a little higher because obviously they were trying to cheat. Prior to that, there, any rule on the book was was always kind of vague, saying no electronic equipment is allowed to use to steal signs in real time. Okay, but it was very wishy-washy, and basically it was along the you know without saying it, they were saying during the course of a game, sign stealing with your eyes and through verbal communication and things like that is all part of the game. It's gamesmanship. It's fair game. Okay, before the game, after the game, if you want to study videotape and trying to code signs that way, that's cool too. Because the opposing the opposing team has the ability then to counteract, okay. But in real time during the game, no electronic devices are to be used, okay. When the Apple Watch incident hit with the Red Sox, they went out and said MLB came out and said very strictly, "We're laying the groundwork real real simple here. No electronic devices are to be used. Period. Paragraph. 
And if we find out that anybody was doing this from this point on, the penalties are going to be so severe that it will discourage anyone from ever doing it again. And we will specifically hold the general manager and the field manager accountable. So it was laid out very clearly in late 2017, like September of 2017, don't do this. During the regular season <clears throat> is when the Astros were, were starting this with the trash can, mm-hmm. where basically they had, a, they had a, a monitor set up right behind the dugout that had the live feed of the catcher's signs. And a player would stand there and relay from the monitor to the dugout whether or not it was going to be a fastball or an off-speed pitch. If it was going to be an off-speed pitch, they would bang a trash can to let the batter know it's not a fastball. And that explains why they had such an advantage that season. After that memo came out, the investigation found that they continued to do it. They basically said, to heck with this memo. We're going to continue to do it. And the statistics show that to a certain degree, uh, based upon the home road splits, that at home, the the Astros were a much better team. Um, They won the World Series that year. And, and that, that championship is now tainted. In the report, it was shown that Alex Cora, who was then the bench coach and later became the manager of the Red Sox the next year and won the World Series with the Red Sox that year, the following year, and Carlos Beltran uh, were the named masterminds behind it. Mostly Cora, Beltran was, was a major part of it as well. They did not name other players in the report, bec- even though they said a number of players did this. They did not name them because of the players' union. Because MLB realized that if they were to punish players with the help of the union there, this is going to go on far longer than it needs to, and there's no guarantee that the punishments will stand. So they they made the concession to say that we're going to hit them where we can so that the union can't get involved and make a statement that way. And they did. But what does that say about the union? I mean... Well, listen. Listen. The fact of the matter is that in theory, should the players be punished? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Okay. However, we have to step back and look at it realistically, practically. Okay. We, we simply, the, the union exists for a reason. Okay. And Major League Baseball had to weigh the options of saying, do we fight this fight? And just throw money away and continue to go down this loophole because, or down this rabbit hole because it's the right thing to do? Or do we try and save ourselves the time, the energy, the money, and, and, and whatnot, and just hit where we can as hard as we can? Because the union exists to protect the players, okay? It's, it's there for a reason. And, and, the union, and, and the union and Major League Baseball are at a, a tense stand still to a certain degree because if you backtrack over the last couple of off seasons the free agents have not signed the way that they that they wanted to what happened was free agents were not getting the money they thought they deserved because pl- teams were smart, getting smarter and realized they didn't need to spend money on free agents in order to win the union got upset about that the union in protecting its players said this is collusion, this isn't right, blah, 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 okay? So whether that's right or wrong, the fact of the matter is that MLB and the Players Union 
had a very tense relationship to this point. And if they want to maintain labor peace, they had to take that into consideration when making these decisions. So the, the decision is, do we blow this stuff up and scorch the earth because it's the quote-unquote right thing to do? Or do we not go after the players and keep the union out of it so that we can maintain good labor relations with the union after just trying to come down from this climax with the union where they were going to strike when the CBA was up and, and try and keep the game moving forward without a strike, without a work stoppage, and try and maintain peace so that the game can continue to play. It's, it's not a perfect solution, but I think it was the right solution, okay? Because you had to take into account all these things. So they named Cora, because he's not a member of the union now, and they named Beltron because now he is not, at the time he was, now he's not. Okay. Okay? Cora was the then, and then moved on to manage the Red Sox. Beltron moved on to manage the Mets, Okay. Is there a manager's union? No, there is no union for coaches. There's no union for front office executives. And that's why they went after them, because they don't have a union to protect them. The only unions that exist in Major League Baseball, outside of MLB as the entity, as the the 30 owners represented by the commissioner, Mm -hmm. are the players' union and the umpires' union. Hmm. So anyone who doesn't fall into one of those unions is free game. Or fair game. Hmm. Okay. So, I, didn't, I didn't know that there wasn't a coaches. Well, now you know. Huh. So, I wonder why. I think because coaches are not the ones playing the game. Coaches have a lot more free reign. Hmm. Okay. They don't, you know, co- look at it this way. When a team is doing horribly, you can't fire the, the players. You can fire the manager and the coaches. Mm. And that doesn't cost you much. Yeah. So that's why they're not going to protect them. If they were to unionize, you would get your little <laughs> laugh right. from the from the owners. And it would bring in people who were not union members to do it. Right. All right. You just overblew the channel strip again. Well, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to go to the Emporium of Hermit Crabs while you uh, fix this. Okay. All right. All right. So anyway, the punishment that came down from the Astros was, or from baseball was that, the Houston Astros would forfeit their top two draft picks in the next two seasons, their first round pick and their second round pick. And if for some reason they don't have a draft pick that high in the next two drafts, it'll be the next draft where they get they lose those, okay? So that, that hurts them. Now, can I posit this? Go ahead. There's more to the punishment, but go ahead. What if, if they forfeit... The top two draft picks. Right. Would that cause them to resort <laughs> to their old methods again because they don't have the players to be who can do it without cheating well, in remember, the first place? Well, remember that the draft <laughs> picks are young kids in high school and college who then have to work their way up from oh, the minor leagues. Right. They're okay. not this isn't a draft like the NBA or the NFL okay. where they go right to the major leagues. Gotcha. Okay. So they're going to forfeit their draft picks, right. which hurts their their future. Mm. Okay, they were fined the maximum amount, which is five million dollars, which is pocket change to an right. to an owner like Jim Crane of the Astros, who's a billionaire. But mm-hmm. under the MLB Constitution, that's the maximum that they, that an owner can be fined. Okay, and AJ Hinch, the manager, and Jeff Lunau, the general manager, were suspended for one year. 
Following this news coming down, Jim Crane then came out almost immediately with a statement and said, I am going above Major League Baseball here, and I am firing A.J. Hinch and Jeff Lunau. So, because I hold Houston to a higher standard. And he knew that he couldn't do much with the players, you know, with the union and blah, blah, blah. You know, they all know this. But he said, I, I will not tolerate this kind of stuff. And I have relieved them of their duties. So not only will, are they now unemployed, they can't even get a job until after the 2020 World Series. There were additional sanctions that were related to the Brandon Tubman incident with the domestic violence stuff that were involved mm-hmm. in well, but they kind of fall outside the, you know, the 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 proceedings here for the time being. Right. Okay. So, with regard to Alex Cora, they did not levy a punishment yet because prior to the release of this punishment for the Astros. A new report surfaced in The Athletic from Ken Rosenthal and Evan Drellick from unnamed players, much like how Mike Fires was a named player. There were unnamed players in his report as well, but Mike Fires was the only one to put his name to it. There were unnamed players from the Red Sox that said in 2018, the Red Sox were stealing signs electronically. So, as a result, MLB said... We will not punish Alex Corey yet because there's still an ongoing investigation and we need to finish that investigation right. before we release a punishment. So, so now so things now are snowballing. Right. And as an aside, to, to finish an earlier thought, we talked about the trash can and how they were doing it in 2017. Right. The report also stated that the Astros continued some, some form of cheating moving forward in the following seasons. Um, they said with concrete evidence, they laid out how it was done in 2017. As, as time moved on, it seemed to be a little less firm, in my opinion, as to exactly how it was carried out, because the trash can thing, I think, stopped. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to, in my opinion, in 2017 and in 2018, and to a degree even in 2019, because I think that the, the can of worms is opened now, Right. what the Astros did is under question. So... If you wanted to make an argument, whether whether the report from MLB states it or not, that the Astros were cheating in 2019, I can't refute you. The specific nature of the of the report stated, you know, the the the, the distinct specifics of the trash can and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. but at, from that point forward, if you want to tell me the Astros have been cheating ever since, I can't refute you. Mm-hmm. So now. While the Red Sox are awaiting the investigation, their general manager or their, ba- their president of baseball ops was Dave Dombrowski. He was actually let go prior to the end of last season. So if a punishment's going to come down for him, it's possible, but we don't know what that is. What instead has happened is that Alex Cora was let go, mutually agreed to part ways with the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. And then what happens yesterday? The same thing with Carlos Beltran, who Cora, you might remember, following the 17th season when he was the bench coach with the Astros and won the World Series, he then led the Red Sox to the World Series championship in 2018, his first year as a manager, and then they missed the playoffs in 2019. Beltran was named the manager of the Mets this offseason and didn't even get to manage a game in spring training, let alone the World Series or the regular season. So 
That's how bad this is. It seems like a punishment is not coming for Carlos Beltran because the Mets are just going to have to suffer through this. But we await the word as we are recording this for the Red Sox. The whole thing is messy. It's, It's not good. No, it's not. Um, people like CC. Is Sabathia. this like Mitchell report? Yes, this is this, this is, is like, a stain is, on the game right. as bad as the Mitchell report. Yeah. So the game has been changed significantly as a result of this. Right. Okay. This is the next. It took it took MLB X amount of time to recover from the steroid stuff. It's going to take them the same amount of time to recover from this stuff. Because you now have people who, as you scroll through Twitter, you see these accusations and you see these conspiracy theorists. The big thing is about how players are wearing electronic buzzers on their body like Band-Aids that buzz every time it's going to be an off-speed pitch. So are they going to all have to go through metal detectors now? It wouldn't surprise me. But, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is that MLB said that they could not substantiate those claims. There's not enough evidence to... to well. Whatever happens going forward, I'm sure the 2020 season will be, I mean, there will be a lot of wary people out there. Like, okay, who's next? Right. I mean, that's kind of what, like, they're waiting for the needle to drop. The next next shoe to drop, yeah. Right. I mean, it, it, so now, do you think that, it's more widespread than what is being reported on. The, 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 the thing I keep hearing is the following analogy. If 30 people are speeding on a highway and the cop only pulls one of them over and gives them a ticket, that doesn't absolve the other 29 people from speeding. Right. It's just the one team that got caught. Right. And in this case, two teams got caught. It is certainly possible that this could be much more widespread. However, and especially considering that they're both, they're in two separate divisions. Well, the thing is that it's Alex Cora is, he's the common link here. Oh, oh, he's the mastermind who created it in Houston. And when he went to Boston, he created it there too. Okay. That's why he is tarnished between AJ Hinch and Jeff Lunau. It was made public that Hinch knew about it. And was not happy with it, but he didn't have the courage to stand up to his own players and say, this is going to stop right now. And that's why he was held accountable. Lou now claims, pleads ignorance. But you have to believe that they knew something. Mm-hmm. You mean, you, you, let me put it this way. If, you, if your argument is that they knew something and they didn't do anything about it, I can't refute it. Okay. It is a credible argument. Right. Um, it's... It's certainly possible that other MLB teams were doing something along those lines. And if you wanted to make that argument, much like you might say how everybody did steroids, Mm -hmm. I I can't tell you you're wrong. Right. Um, What I can tell you, though, is that this is how this works. And that now MLB put in a very, very strong policy when it came to steroids and performance-enhancing drugs, and that's out of the, the league now. Okay, they fixed it. They saw it and they fixed it. Players moving forward were suspended and they manned up real quick. And the same thing is going to happen now. 
teams, if they were doing it, are like, we're it's not doing it. It's going to be this. like a purge. We're not doing <laughs> it anymore. Yeah. Um, I think what you'll see happen, which may be correlated to it or not, is that you're going to see another year of the pitcher where home runs are going to be down and offense is going to be down because they're, you know teams that may have been involved in this or may have been doing this are not going to have that information. Yeah, wasn't there, weren't there like a record number of home runs yeah. last season? And a lot of it was being attributed to the fact that the analytics people are showing that there are the only, the three true outcomes of a, of an at bat. It's either a walk, a strikeout, or a home run. You know, the you know being afraid to strike out, being afraid to put the ball in play for anything other than a home run, doesn't necessarily hurt you. Um, and that's why home runs were up. Everyone was just swinging for the fences. But now you can say. They were swinging from the for the fences because they knew what was coming. Mm. You know, and that and then unfortunately, like the cheating aspect to it has such negative ramifications, even more than what most people realize. Because what we got to realize is that baseball is an entertainment, a source All of entertainment. Are. I mean, yeah, and if you know. If people find out that, I mean, it almost makes the home run scripted in a way. And then once people find out, oh, he knew it was coming. Well, that doesn't make it quite as exciting. Right. And the drama goes down. And if it later is revealed that more and more teams were doing it, I mean, that really dampens the excitement and the the entertainment value and everyone loses i think I, you know yeah. i mean I, I mean the team might win but at what cost what you have to be careful of here now because this is an i think a natural occurrence when something like this occurs is that anybody will just start throwing out accusations with no basis right okay so they're going to start saying... I, I was speaking hypothetically I know. with regard to the other teams. No, I completely understand that. But I'm okay. saying, you know, like, we've seen this before. They say, oh, mm-hmm. this guy's a cheater. This guy's a cheater. This guy's right. a cheater. You know, and I think that's a natural occurrence is that now everybody and their mother is going to accuse every other team that was not named here, being right. the, the Astros and the Red Sox, um, of cheating. Mm-hmm. They're going to say, oh, the Yankees cheat. Oh, the Mets cheat. Oh, the Indians cheat. Oh, mm-hmm. the Mariners cheat. Right. You know, the Cubs cheat. Everybody's cheating. You know, it's like in uh, Team America World Police, Mm -hmm. where they just say everybody has AIDS. You know, do we have to edit that out? No. Okay, good. I'm not. not, We'll just say it's for mature audiences only and immature. Immature audiences only. Um, But yeah, they're 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 just you know that's the same thing happened with the steroid era. Mm -hmm. After the people who were were doing it were caught. Right. They started so this saying, guy's juicing. So this they, said, yeah. every, they said, okay, everybody must be juicing. Mm-hmm. You know? Okay, Roger Clemens was juicing. Okay, every other pitcher must have been juicing. Mariano Rivera must have been juicing. Derek right. Jeter must have been juicing. Right. You know? Um, it's it's not fair. No. But it's also the way of the world to a degree. Whether right. It doesn't make it right. Well, here we go with the court of public opinion yep. again, right? Yep. You have that mob mentality where some want, something happens to one person and then everyone's got to hop on board with it yep. and say, oh, well, this person must be doing it too. And there's no there's no substantiated evidence uh, supporting that. 
and it's toxic. Um, but I think, I, I, I think things, I mean, it's good that this started with the whole Mike Fires thing, but I think things are going to get worse before they get better. I, I don't disagree. I, I think that there's going to be a big purge coming and a lot of people are going to get in trouble. Yeah. A lot. I don't, I don't disagree. I think that, um, well, here's the other thing too. But something that needs to happen. Though. Right. But, but, but here's the other thing too. The, that memo that went out in 2017 is kind of the line of demarcation. Because basically, what we can say is, listen, if you were doing it prior to that, the day that that memo came out, we don't, we, 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 we recognize that there's a loophole here. And we're not going to punish you for that. Okay, that's like going back and saying, you know that guy who's been retired for 20 years? He just admitted he was on steroids. We got to go back and erase him from the record books. Right. We, we're not doing that, okay? Yeah. We're not vacating the title of the Astros in 17, even though it's tainted, mm-hmm. okay? Um, it's if things come out after that memo. Mm-hmm. And I think that what you will find is that the majority of teams... Learn from that memo. Listen, if we're doing anything, it's got to stop now. Mm-hmm. Okay, because th- there are enough smart people in the front offices to realize this is going to become the next steroid era with the with the cheating scandal. Yeah. So if we were doing anything, it stops now, or we alter it so that it fits within the guidelines, which is to say you can do it before the game and after the game. You don't do it during the game. I think, and the other thing too is that I think that baseball opened up a Pandora's box with instant replay. When replay was created, it was created to fix the obvious wrong. Okay. What I didn't see coming with replay was the fact that teams were going to set up a replay room that could communicate with the dugout to tell a manager to challenge or not. I was under the assumption that the challenge system was going to be used with the naked eye to say it was a clear miss. The umpires aren't going to get together to fix it. I'm going to challenge it to get it right. And instead, they use it you know, in a way to double check every close call and, to sh- and it shows that the umpires are right 99% of the time. But don't they only get a certain number of challenges? They get, they get one challenge per game and every time they're correct, they maintain their challenge. Okay. okay? Um, and they only have 30 seconds following the conclusion of the play to challenge. Uh, there's a protocol for it. Okay. The now, issue, what, if they, what if they lose the challenge? If they lose the challenge, they lose their challenge for the remainder of the game, and they can't challenge anything after that. The only thing that they mm-hmm. can do is, I believe it's now from the eighth inning on, if there is a situation that, that is so close that could be potential here. The manager has the ability to go to the crew chief and say, listen, I know I don't have a challenge, but I'm requesting that you review this as a crew chief review just to make sure that this is right. And then the crew chief can then discuss with the other umpires if they want to check it or not. At their discretion. At their discretion. Okay. Um, it's a fail safe to say, listen, we're, we, we, the umpires want to get the call right. So, we don't we don't want to keep going to the to the replay just because you think that the call could be wrong right. okay but we also don't want the game to be affected by the wrong call here where where possible um 
the point here is that this replay room is so close to the dugout and so accessible that that's how this stuff happens. Maybe that should change. Well, Michael Kay said it best. He said, the easiest way to fix this is to eliminate the replay room and to say, if you want to challenge a call, you have to challenge a call with the naked eye. Right now, the way that players operate are if they are involved in a close play, they kind you know what even if they like they know they're out but they think like there's a possibility they could be safe they look to the dugout and they give some sort of hand signal to say challenge this because i think they got it wrong and then they go they check the the replay and within 30 seconds they'll initiate a challenge if they think they they got it wrong you're going to what's going to change here if you eliminate that a player's going to say to a manager challenge this and the manager has to then trust his player say are you sure well yeah and then they challenge it, and when they find when they lose that challenge, now there's it's got to be a conversation between right. the player and the and the and the coach to mm-hmm. say, "I trusted you, and you're telling me I you know I should have done it, and we lost the challenge. It's on you, buddy. Mm-hmm. Okay, don't and I and I think that's a good thing because now you're basically telling the players you have to be even more honest. Yeah, if they really if 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 you are being absolutely sure that they missed the call. You have to develop that relationship with the manager to say, I need you to challenge this. If it's close, you can't just say challenge it and then say, okay, we'll challenge it and then waste the challenge. It's too valuable in the, in, in, in the strategy. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the way to go. I mm. think eliminating the replay room during the game is the way to go. And, and saying the challenge system is there to address the obvious miss. It's not there to change a bang bang play right where there's not substantial clear and convincing evidence that the call was and because missed. of the fallacy of the predetermined outcome thank you michael k <laughs> yeah you can't you can't do that because if it if it is a bang bang play then you know ne- you never know what the next person's gonna do right. or you, i mean if it's like let's say a miscalled home run or something right then yeah then and it's really close and it's like a very close score. You got to look at the situation. And right? remember that the rules are in place in baseball that when it comes to home runs and boundary calls out there in the outfield, uh, that can be initiated by the crew chief without the manager having to use his challenge. Mm-hmm. The rules state that because of the nature of it, how there are four umpires and there are, you know, within the infield, that a crew chief can review a home run without a manager having, without having the challenge. So you already have that in play. Mm. It's more about the idea that, you know, if there's a pulled foot from a force play or a missed tag or mm. a ball's dropped or something like that, right. you know, you can't you can't fix the bang-bang play. But if an umpire honestly misses a call, you know, and, and he just couldn't see, he was blocked out. We've all, as an umpire, been blocked out before, okay? And I miss a tag or a call or a dropped ball or a pulled foot because a player got in my way and I couldn't see it and I missed the call. I would kill for it replay at that point because then i can say look i was blocked out the video replay shows that i got it wrong but we're going to correct it and we're all happy it's not about me being wrong as an umpire it's about let's get the call right okay Mm -hmm. so but a bang bang play you're is now you know is now fair game in this current replay system and i really think the way to go is to just say get rid of the replay room because now you say they, they can't they they can't be using electronics during the game, mm-hmm. and you and you and you. That's the downtime. You know, MLB is so concerned with pace of play. 
Right. That's the downtime that can be eliminated. Yeah. Rather than waiting for, you know, a, a challenge or, you know, it's, it's, it's like, no, just get rid of that. Mm-hmm. Get rid of that. Hmm. I think the summary here as we as we kind of wrap up this this conversation is that in the eyes of sportsmanship, whatever the reason that Mike Fires did this, he did the right thing. Okay? And I think that MLB responded the way that they had to in accordance not just with what was presented to them, but in the in the best way that pleases all parties and also dishes out the necessary punishment and penalties uh, and, and, and proceeds in the proper legal fashion without just, you know, accusing people and investigating things that have no substantial claim and that uh, wastes time, energy, and money. Mm-hmm. So I think the lesson here is that obviously cheating is wrong, okay? Of course. Uh, that goes without saying. And you're not a bad sport, if you bring this to the attention of somebody, I think a lot of people in life have that moral dilemma of saying, I don't know if I should speak up about something. You know, we see a lot of, again, I hate to make my second law and order reference in the show, but we see a lot of that in like, you know, special victims unit with, you know, rape victims. Who was your first one? The law and order uh, reference with regard to how you can't just arrest people. You have to have credible evidence okay. to arrest people. Okay. But we see in like SVU how, you know, there, you know it's, it's, a, it's a fictional show, but there are a lot of characters who are rape victims who are afraid to come forward for whatever reason. And there's a plethora of reasons why. Mm-hmm. And we're not really about to go into that, but it's, it's a reality. And I think that when people are wronged, with the way that the court of public opinion works and how we view ourselves and whatnot, we're afraid to come forward and do the right thing. We're afraid to speak up for what's right sometimes. And I think that we have to give credit to Mike Fires here for, for speaking up. And we have to give credit to Major League Baseball for stepping in and doing uh, the right thing as well. Uh, we also have to be aware of the reality of the situation that we can't just snap our fingers and have this whole thing go away. It's going to take time. Like you said, it very well could get worse before it gets better. Oh, yeah. Okay? So, um, but it's necessary for us to at least come to those realizations and to say, it is what it is. Not to not to drag this on for longer than it has to go, but what is what do now the... What what do you think now the umpires are going to have to do? I'm sure they're going to be briefed on some sort of protocol if they suspect that there's cheating going on. What does do the umpires have to make a call regarding I, that? Personally, I don't think so. I think the umpires are going to be charged with just making sure that they officiate the game properly. I think that, but if they witness. What they feel, I see what you're saying. I someone, think when someone cheating, if, let's say, let's let's go on the tangent of the um, the electronic buzzer theory. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's say a buzzer was actually used and that was tipping pitches and whatnot, and it falls off a person and they clearly see it. I think it would be treated the same way that a foreign substance would be treated, like Michael Pineda with pine tar mm-hmm. or a corked bat or something like that. I, w- I would imagine there will be an ejection and then a, a, a report and s- submitted to MLB. I think that, that the umpires will be brief to say, listen, um, 
we are instructing the players and the teams and whatnot. Obviously, they shouldn't be doing this. It's out of your jurisdiction to, to, to police for this. However, what is within your jurisdiction is if a complaint is lodged to you in the same way that a complaint might be used with a foreign substance or a corked bat, where it's within the, the confines of the playing field. They're mm-hmm. not going to tell the umpires to go into the dugouts and, and right. check stuff out, okay? That they have the authority to act accordingly with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's about as far as they're going to go. What I also think, though, and credit to uh, our friends at Close Call Sports, Gill and T-Mac, with this one, um, you know, they did a lot of write-ups about A.J. Hinch in the past couple of years with umpire scapegoating. And mm-hmm. AJ Hinch has now been found to be, you know, the 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 front man for this. You know, whether he was involved with it or not, but he took the fall. And they did a good job of showing that there's a lot more beneath the surface here to mm-hmm. be to be observed. Maybe this had something to do with it. Mm-hmm. Maybe this played a role. Who knows? There could have been. There, I mean, I'm I'm keeping it broad for the, for our purposes right now, but it it, it causes us to reexamine that because it was Hinch. So I think that the umpires will be instructed, you know, to, to how to worry about it within the confines of the playing field. And that's about it. Mm. I think that the umpires have a lot more to worry about. Right. You know, um, especially since the, they recently ratified a new agreement with MLB. And that agreement says that they will work with MLB to consider technologies that create an electronic strike zone um you know the the coda to this is that mlb umpires are saying we're not against technology when it helps us but we're not going to implement technology before it's proper mm-hmm. you know if it's going to assist us and it's going to get the calls right we are for it right. but it's at this point the technology does not exist to a point where we can we can use this properly. Right. And you know, it's kind of like, I know they can't get involved much b- beyond what's going on in the playing field, but that's got to be like, kind of this like mental game with them. Like if they know that something's going on in the dugout, or if they hear trash cans going and they know what it's like, that must, that must be some, there, there must be this internal conflict. Like, I know I can't do anything about it, but this, I mean, this, this has got to like drive me kind of nuts. I think that, right? I, I think that what you just said encapsulates a lot more of umpires at all levels, because I don't know if it has anything to do with, you know, with, with just specifically that. Mm-hmm. I think that there are a lot of conflicts that umpires and officials deal with internally in real time. You know, they, they can't do anything about right. it. Where, but... Or, or where do I draw the line? Right. What, what should I do? What, you know, at what point do I say, I'm not listening to this garbage anymore. No pun intended. You mm-hmm. know the, the 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 you know the jockeying, the mm-hmm. the berating of officials and whatnot. Mm-hmm. At what point are you too sensitive, or do you need to put us? There's a lot of stuff there. Mm-hmm. Um, at what point do I do I say to a team, your unsportsmanlike conduct is too much? You know, because there's there is gray area in a lot of this mm-hmm. stuff, as we saw with this right. sign stealing without electronics is part of the game, right? You know. Um, I'll close with this. I don't think it was last year. I think it was the year before. I stole a sign in my adult league game. I picked up a pattern and I stole a base and I'm slow and I stole a base because I picked up that sign. 
I was on second base. I noticed the pattern between the catcher and the pitcher. I noticed that the catcher was not putting down multiple signs, so I knew exactly what was coming, and I knew that the pitcher was not looking at me at all. And I took off for third. First movement, I didn't even wait. And I stole third cleanly. Mm. Okay? That's legal sign stealing. That's me gaining a a, a legal advantage. Mm. Okay? At no point was I then signaling with an electronic buzzer to the to the batter, hey, a breaking ball's coming. Right. Okay? Hmm. I'm tired. Yeah. I got to get back to work on Home Alone 7. Okay. In my office that's in the Hermit Crab Emporium. Okay. Where we light the fires. Right. And bang on trash cans. And bang on trash cans. I think the title of this episode will be uh, Lighting the Fires spelled F-I-E-R-S, in trash cans in the Hermit Crab Emporium. That is the perfect title for Uh, us. We're geniuses. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God you you have access access to to my my dementia? dementia. All right, that's enough. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. Um, Hey, we got another special episode coming up. On our next episode, we're going to have Brenda Hilton from um, Officially Human on. Uh, to discuss her organization, so you want to tune in for that. Until then, uh, check us out at osipfoundation.org. The email address is podcast at osipfoundation.org, facebook.com slash osipfoundation, Twitter and Instagram at osipfoundation, hashtag how you play the game. Please subscribe, like, review, the whole nine, whatever you can. Share with your friends. That's really important. You think you got a friend who might like this? Tell them about it. They, they're they're going to love it. Trust me. We want you to get involved. All right? And until then... Other than banging on trash cans, treat each other with respect. How You Play the Game is a production of the OSIP Foundation, Incorporated. The producer-engineer of this episode is Sean Ryan. Music by SoundSpring Studio. The executive producer of How You Play the Game is Jack Furlong. For more information, visit osipfoundation.org.